0: Hello and welcome to the Great Longboat Podcast. I am Igor, your host, moderator, and only permanent member of the band Longboat. Today we explore the song Downtown from 2011's Greater Seattle. Uh, This was my first album that I... Put out under the name Longboat, and um, it's suddenly what was historical is now suddenly relevant again um, because of some of the subject matter. Um, we are we stand at the ten year anniversary for something that I mention in the song. But first, let me tell you, I'm coming to you a day early because I am recording. I'm finally recording the sixth this year's sixth album. Uh, It is basically Blue of Volume 2. And uh, Ryan and I, it's just me and Ryan doing this. And we're two days into it. We recorded all the main vocals on Thursday. uh, We did all the back uh, vocals and auxiliary stuff. And we started mixing on Friday. And then uh, over the next two days, we will finish and... I got to tell you, I'm very excited for it. I'm, 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 I'm happy with the results. Uh, you know, whenever I go into the studio, I, I, I tell my, I always have doubts. I tell myself, um, you know, this is, this, I, I, you have to have faith in uh, what you're doing because generally, I, I'm like, I won't be able to sing the song very well. Um, I'm not sure whether this song is very good. I I was really of that mindset when I came in with uh, the Wow and the Pow Volume Two, and that just turned out to be one of my favorite albums. And uh, I mean, of course, I'm going to like it. I'm not. I mentioned this before. I'm not one of these guys who is like, oh, I just can't listen to anything that I do. I just, I just, it just drives me crazy. And no, I like my music. I, I write my music to be liked. I, I don't, this is my, I, I do not want my music to be difficult in any way. It is unusual. It is a bit weird. The subject matter is is unconventional. But I would say whenever anybody asks me what I write, I say I write pop music. And to a lot of people, that that implies that it's just love songs. You're just you're just going, oh baby, you know, if if you don't come over and love me, I'm gonna you know my head's gonna explode, all that stuff. For me, that's puerile, that's childish. Um, you know, the 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 love song. I recently wrote an article about why I don't write love songs, and um and, uh, but yeah, it, to me. Uh, I don't get into defining what a love song is, but for me, it's anything that's like, hey, baby, I like the way you look. You want to get with me? Or the, the you know, it's like, without you, I'm nothing. Ah! And, and everything in between, all even the, oh, you lied to me, you terrible person, you horrible, horrible person. Oh, you're not who you seem. That, to me... All that stuff is super childish. i I, I do have. There's one song on, on basically Bluetooth that's that's sort of like, I'm I'm trying to merge it with a sort of '70s uh, stomp and '70s song, and also mention as many noble gases as I can in it. You know, see, because that's how I I, I write music. I um, <laughs> don't always, uh, you know. Sometimes you have two ideas existing at the same time, and it it works out okay, but the song itself, uh, the beat, the feel, the vibe, all you know, all those intangible things, um, I think it works out really well. And I have my doubts about this tune, but and it's also the longest tune on the album. It's almost five minutes long, and it's also the closest to a, a an actual 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 blues. And yeah, it's I like it very much anyhow uh, so yes I'm I'm recording this and and it this is this is working as a kind of double relief because not only am I recording but I'm also getting the last of this year's albums out of the way so I can start writing next year's albums and that is that's just wonderful so that is what's going on I will be in Fremont for the next two days and uh, and you know loving pretty much every second of it um, this is this is just the thing about recording that i just absolutely love and you know um what was it uh, thursday when we recorded all the all the vocals we we got i i did 11 i recorded 11 tunes my voice was in good shape i saved the one super difficult one for last, and it actually didn't mess up my voice for the next day. I didn't have a sore throat. I didn't have, you know, just this feeling of, you know, this burning feeling when I breathe. Sometimes when I, you know, do a lot of shouting and, and things like that, or, 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 you know, sort of assume a, 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 a kind of concoct a gravelly tone in my voice, it it comes back to haunt me the next day but no this was this was fine this was great it wasn't even overly exhausting uh it seems that when i was recording all these other albums especially the wow and the pow volume one oh god after the first day i was exhausted i could barely get out of bed the next day and then of course you know, we, we we just did more recording, and and we didn't even finish all the all the main vocals. There was there was one left, I think. But and then we did all the, all the backing vocals and yeah, and and of course that, that's that's kind of our pattern right now. But uh, you do main vocals uh, because we're, it's they're all electronic albums. the 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 arrangements are done except for the things that we want to add to them. If we want to add la- live percussion, tambourine, ride cymbal. Um, uh, in this one, we add a little hand horn, and uh, I won't tell you which which tune it's on. Um, this album will probably not be out for at least for maybe a year, but it's so nice to get it done, and then I can listen to it a lot. And um, in the car, I you know I have to uh, go to drive it to my parents' house, and the uh, the the trip takes about as long as. One of these albums that I've recorded lately it takes about as long as the Wow and the Pow Volume One or Volume Two. Uh, it's a little short for uh, for basically Blue Volume One, which is the shortest album that I've ever recorded. Uh, second and only, the, the the next longest is my is the Christmas album, which I I um, it's <laughs> that is no that, that's that's not any kind of uh, that's not meant to detract from it. It's just that there are ten songs on on, um, this, on Basically Blue. But I'll tell you something, going, going in the way back machine to 2011, my first album had 17 tracks on it, and my second album had 15. And, um, uh, yeah, everybody, (laughs) uh, just about every engineer that I've encountered kept saying, why, why do you need so many tracks on your albums? And, um, and these were, (laughs) these were just, I was doing one album per year. But, when you do six albums, and you're like, okay, twelve tracks on this, ten tracks on this, I, I believe on Out of Place I only have nine tracks, but that's that um, uh, album is about fifty five minutes long because all the songs are super long. But but yeah, um, I used to put a lot more tracks on my albums because I would I made fewer albums, and now it's you know around twelve, thirteen, some you know that's kind of what we're averaging but 17 tracks on this album and uh, Greater Seattle and yes it does seem like a long time ago it was it was nine years ago uh, that that this was recorded and uh, I, I've of course learned very much in the meantime and have not really uh, met with very much success but you know that's no reason to stop. Doing this, if you if it's something that you really really super enjoy, uh, you know I, I this this spring this bleak spring that we had, I was kind of questioning whether this I, I really should be doing this anymore, and I think it I think it was just because of all the you know massive preparation that that uh, this these albums needed. Uh, the 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 writing itself was not difficult. It was it was actually quite. We I wrote these at a leisurely pace. I um I had pro- probably devoted about three weeks per album, and that's writing it and writing lyrics and you, you know getting the arrangement together. Uh, the Learning how to sing the tunes in this album was, was a different thing altogether. Though that was that was kind of a fluid operation because you have to make you have to make sure that the lyrics scan. You have to make sure that everything uh, makes sense. That you, there's not any cringeworthy uh, cringeworthy moments. Uh, you try to weed out as many cliches from the lyrics as possible. Uh, but you know it's pop music. It's going to have some. But um, yeah, Um, and of course, Greater Seattle was my first foray into that, and uh, I knew that it was going to be an album after I wrote the first, very first tune around, um, it was Thanksgiving 2010, and it was the song Bellevue, and I thought, okay, well, I've got a song about Bellevue, why don't I write another song about, I don't know, Belltown? where I live. Or I could write something about Georgetown or Burien or Tacoma or Ballard. And you know, it's, it's one of those things where it's a flash and then you cannot be stopped. So from that point until about February, I was working on these 17 songs. So it was, it was about two and a half months and it took me to write these seventeen songs, and then I I went about trying to find an engineer, and also trying to find an engineer to return my calls, which is you know that's Seattle. That's people are they just are very bad at returning phone calls. You know, it's it, Seattle is is kind of billed as this non-confrontational town, where everybody's mellow, but but you get you get a feeling that. Um, People think that returning phone calls is confrontation, and it isn't. Uh, I I prefer to speak on the phone to people, uh, although I have gotten used to texting. I, I couldn't it it made no sense to me that somebody would try to uh, convey this this sort of complex idea to me via text with all the sort of text misspellings and and syntax errors and grammatical errors when they could just uh, pick up the phone, call me. For, and and relate those those same things in thirty seconds. Instead, we have this text thread that goes back and forth for you know four hours. But yeah, that I guess that's just me. So yeah, I, I I wrote this album with Seattle in mind, and this was my way of of you know kind of coming to terms with being in Seattle. Seattle's never been my favorite place. It's not a place that I really wanted to. Hang out with, hang out in for <laughs> for any amount of time. But well, here I am, and uh, you know, I've I ever since I was six years old, I have wanted to go someplace else, and I'm still here. And uh, you know, there, it, it's been one factor or another. But uh, you know, someday that might happen. Someday it might not. But this this is me sort of making the best out of of being in Seattle and a lot of it some of it was making fun of places you know uh Bellevue I mean, you know all the things I'd rather do than live in Bellevue Queen Anne like Queen Anne great great tune South Park kind of a weird place and actually I do have there is a video if you go on YouTube and search South Park Longboat you will see me at the uh, um at the closed-off uh, south part section of the First Avenue Bridge, the one that they tore down, and yeah, you will see me turning cards a la Subterranean Homesick Blues by Bob Dylan, um, and yeah, and and so and the Belltown, of course, here. Uh, Mercer Island, that I've, I believe I've already... That was that was the very first episode of this podcast, Mercer Island, because it was the first song that I actually recorded. It was May 1st, 2011. I remember that because it was the same day that we got news that Osama bin Laden had been killed. And so th- that's how it sticks in my memory. But, uh, so you know, and I've got... There are, are all kinds of other tunes in here, too. But downtown... That, um, I, I wanted to write about downtown. Um, there were, at the time, leading up to this, and, and, and in the few years um, before this album was coming out, there had been a lot of police shootings in, in downtown Seattle. A lot of them had been crazy people. A lot of them had been people, guys who, like, announced that they had guns and would not uh, take their hands out of their pockets and got shot by the police. Um, uh, there, you know, there, there was the infamous. This, this was, this is a sort of historical, a very historical thing, where a guy, crazy guy, um, and you know, I, I use, I throw that term around. I had um, neighbors here uh, at the. Right next to my building, um, crazy people live next to them for as long as I have been here, and yeah, I, I'm not g- I'm going to say sort of you know mentally disabled or anything like that, because yeah, they're nuts and they're a lot of their behavior is pathological, like pathological panhandling, pathologically um, some people you know pathologically sleep on the sidewalk, and these are people who are housed, these are people who are taken care of, they're fed, housed, counseled, and um and yeah they are uh, uh pathological panhandlers uh, pathological guys who rummage through trash pathological guys who just see something you know see food on the street and will just pick it up and eat it uh, i've seen that guys who well some of the the garbage can rummagers if they if they're thirsty and there's you know somebody's rem- remaining starbucks in the garbage can they'll just uh, yeah they'll just drink it and that that was you know i just i i just used the whole the 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 catch all term crazy crazy person um, and you know we they are, have at last closed this place next door they're mo- they're moving people out and it's going to become a different facility and i i have to tell you that the the mood along this block has lightened up considerably maybe it's just for me but Yeah, they've they've moved them to other places, um, and it's for for my wife and I. It's it's kind of we get up in the morning and it's a new day. You don't have you don't have people sort of like freaking out and screaming across the light well at you know the voices that they're in their heads. I mean, it's a it's a very unfortunate thing to to be mentally ill, um, but yeah the way that the that those pathologies play out is is it really does affect quality of life uh for all those around those people and i i will say i will i mean my hat is off to them they they did treat them as adults they did treat them with as much dignity as they could and now they have closed down and they and and so some of these more problematic people are um, are elsewhere, and you know I wish them luck, but living next to them was a challenge. So anyhow, um, yeah, that's the catch-all term, crazy person. Uh, so yeah, a lot of a lot of crazy people were being shot, and this harkens back to okay, <laughs> which what I was trying to explain before I interrupted myself was that. There, there was an infamous uh, incident here uh, where it happened, I believe, in an afternoon during rush hour. This crazy guy uh, drew a samurai sword at, I believe, it was Second and Pike, and the cops didn't know what to do. They couldn't just shoot him because that would be that that would seem overly cruel. So they they tried to do all these things, and they ended up um, spraying with a spraying him with a fire hose and i think that knocked him down and they were able to uh they were able to subdue him that way um but it took them about three hours and they got a lot of flack for that but you know it's just like but, you know, there, there, that seemed to be the, the, the one extreme, uh, reacting with extreme caution, and the, and all during the aughts and leading up to 2010, the, uh, the, the dial kind of swung the other way. There were people who, there was one guy who had, uh, and I believe this is on Queen Anne, uh, he had um, gone into a, uh, he was crazy. He had gone into a store, shoplifted uh, milk, and he had a knife. And, you know, the cops were called. They found him. And he was walking down the street, uh, drinking milk, and sort of waving this knife around. And they shot him. I'm, I'm, you know, this is, this maybe, you know, maybe they followed him around. Maybe they tried to tase him or something like that. But they ended up shooting him and killing him for yeah. and this in the incident this portrayed in this second verse is kind of the most infamous of those, uh, because this guy was not crazy. Uh, this guy was not perfect, but you know he he met his fate at the hands of a uh, rather inexperienced Seattle police officer. This guy's name was John Williams, John T. Williams, not the not the Star Wars composer. And he was a, was a Native American woodcarver, and um, he was walking towards downtown, I believe. On it, and the he walked across Boren Street at Howell, and um, the cop, a guy named Ian Burke, who was in his car, they have dash cam photo uh, footage of this. Um, he uh, saw him walking across the the street with a knife on. Uh, apparently, carving a piece of cedar. He was a wood carver. He had. He also had tools, and apparently, that became an issue uh, in, in the inquest in the review. That he saw he, that he had multiple weapons or something, and and that was he saw that as a danger. But yeah, so this guy. Uh, the cop sees this, this rather, you know, he, he, John Williams had not had like a great life. He, he was, you know, he, he was subject, he was a chronic alcoholic, uh, from what I understand. He was deaf in one ear and he was, his eyesight was dimming and he was, you know, 50 years old, but, uh, he, he was kind of, uh, yeah absorbed in this carving and the officer got out of his car at a stoplight and just went over towards him told him to drop the knife twice and then shot him shot at him five times shot hit him four and and he he said later that he this guy gave him a dirty look and i don't know if if that if given a cop a dirty look means that you're going to die for that then god you know a, a lot of people in this country would be dead already and yeah this guy i i, I haven't read anything anywhere that would make this guy not into some trigger happy cowboy you know sort of like let's get the bad guys and and you know i'm sure i can't i can't put myself into his shoes but he he's he felt in in the days after he f- felt no remorse for doing that and he was of course the the ranks closed behind him and he was uh you know he was defended by the police union and everything like that eventually you know it looked very bad and he I believe he resigned from the force I don't think he was fired he may have been i, I i'm I'm not going to uh say conclusively, but he was not prosecuted for the you know and the the this entire encounter between between Officer Burke and John Williams lasted all of seven seconds. So yeah. On the one hand you have standoff with Crazy Samurai guy, uh, at at second and pike, lasting like three hours or so until they can blast him with a water cannon that's that's one side and then then, then there's this and that this uh, we are 180 degrees around we have an encounter the last seven seconds and uh of course you know the knife itself that became a very that in in the uh, in the subsequent uh inquest after this that became a very uh, important thing that when the knife fell on the ground it was closed so how could this guy come after the, this cop? And I, m- me, I don't believe he, he did at all uh, uh, with a closed knife. And, and that gets you death too. But yeah, to, in, in that intervening time, there's been a, a totem pole that was, uh, that was carved and, uh, and put up at Seattle Center. It's the John T. Williams Memorial uh, totem pole. And uh, who knows where Ian Burke is now? Let's just hope that he's not a cop, uh, because boy, yeah, um, it, it's not—it's not just you know. And with all the civil unrest that we have right now, um, you know, y- you can't just say it's a bad apple because this was happening all around Seattle. I mean, when it's—it's—it's it's, it's just all the apples and how this, how these things play out. And yes, I am all for policing, but I don't, I don't ever see cops around here. I see them occasionally driving by. I, of course, here see the, the, the you know cars with their sirens on and lights on and going at you know as fast as they possibly can down Second Avenue. But you know, I don't have any sort of interaction with cops anymore. When I first moved down to Belltown, there were beat cops, there were cops and. Cars hanging out all the time. There was a there was a law enforcement presence, but now there isn't. There's a station over over by Seventh and Virginia, and um, and or is it Terry in Virginia or something like that? But but yeah, you you don't see a whole lot of cops. And on the occasions that I have called the cops, um, they have. Um, looked like they were gonna gun me down. Uh, honestly, and this was about this was about crazy people in the neighborhood and how, how you know we needed a little bit more community pre- policing on this block. And yeah, uh, one of the one of the officers, she had her hand on the, on on her gun the entire time she was talking to me, and in this sort of shooting posture. And I, it, it made me pretty nervous. Um, but anyhow, yeah, and and in this, in the climate of you know the the, poli- when we're having questions about policing and and uh, race and all these larger issues, um, you know, it seems it seems a, I won't I won't pat myself on the back and say say that it's prophetic. But this was this was an issue ten years ago. This was a big issue ten years ago, and I recorded the song nine years ago. It's uh, and and you know, I I should let, let's just let's just play it for you. I I really talked enough now. I want to play this song for you, and uh, I'll come back and we'll we'll I'll I'll talk a little bit more about it. This um uh, the song is. Downtown, and uh, what we have is um, uh, we have Johnny Sangster on acoustic guitar, Jim O'Halloran, huh? There's a blast from the past on flute. I'm on everything else, and it's it's all electronic after that. Okay, and it was also mastered by John McCaig at Panic Studios. This is, as i previously stated, previously stated, Downtown
1: tall buildings like a magnet they draw all sorts and kinds now you get the rich and the poor the short and the tall and those who are out of their minds they may be quite schizophrenic Cracked out, drunk, or worse But now they seem to be treated With a heavy dose of deadly force If you're low in society, lacking sobriety Be calm, be cool, be still And if you're acting crazy, you won't be lightly tased Cause in downtown they shoot to kill Carver one day got up and dressed He pounded some beers and headed to town Never dreaming he'd get bored in the chest Officer Perks by his knives and saw a threat So he said, and a mere four seconds later Oh, poor Johnny, he lay dead If you're low in society, lacking sobriety Be calm, be cool, be still And if you're acting crazy, you won't be lightly tased Cause in downtown they shoot to kill to be done. Enforcing the law isn't easy at all, but some problems can't be solved with a gun. Now this ain't some minor issue. Please don't act so perplexed. First you shoot the least among us, and then everybody else is next. If you're low in society, lacking sobriety, be calm, be cool, be still. And if you're acting crazy, you won't be lightly tased, cause in downtown they shoot to kill.
0: So yes, I realized that I did not write a very realistic steel drum part. This is this is an electronic steel drum. It's sampled, but what I did to make it sound more realistic is I went through, I, I cloned the track, and I went through and detuned a couple of the notes just to give it a more authentic feel to it because everything is everything is you know in tune and steel drums are generally not and so i just wanted to give it a little bit more of a, a an authentic um authentic feel and of course that that solo at especially at the end of the solo yeah that's <laughs> I don't know whether anybody could play that, um, and it wasn't—it wasn't that important because it's like, okay, this is never going to be played live. We're not, I'm not going to go on the Greater Seattle tour. I would have to hire this huge band, and I would go broke. And because I just recorded this, I am broke. But uh, I've got I, it. 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 You know, was recorded and. Um, I, I, At the time, I called it a protest calypso, because there are some, some calypsos like that. And this seems to be a very good example of having some kind of protest song, because what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, the, the police, this is what's happening, and naming one specific instance and saying, look, this is important because... F- First it's them and then it's you. And you know I, I did get that feeling when I, I mentioned uh, the when I called the police and they showed up and I explained things to them and I had I had this cop looking that I was talking to one and I ha- was having uh, there was another cop who was sort of staring at me like I was going to make a move. And, you know, I, and here I was just, you know, talking with them and saying, look, this is, you know, they have these neighbors and they're, they're crazy and they are out at all hours doing crazy people things. And, you know, they just so did not want to hear it. And at the same time I was, yeah, yeah, I just felt like, oh boy, you know, if I Maybe if I say the wrong word or something, she's gonna gonna slap the cups on me or something. But uh, you know, I was just wa- wanted to see that what could be done from a community policing standpoint. I mean, I didn't want them to like run my neighbors, my crazy neighbors, in and um, you know throw the book at them for for being insane. Um, I just wanted them to. I just wanted to know what I could do, because obviously, you know, they were not. They're they are not happy, <laughs> and 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 their not being happy made everyone around here unhappy as well. But but yeah, so but yeah, that's my whole point, and and that that is also why I understand why the the Black Lives Matter has you know has really has kind of taken off because we are being this is this is coming back to us i you know it's it's kind of like these people you know this is happening to black people but you know if give it some time and it's going to be happening to everybody and we should and and it is uh, you know just tragic that these things are are happening now or tragic, or maybe apt because of you know it's it's like, I mean, yes, the 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 Trayvon Martin, uh, Eric Garner, all that stuff that was under Obama. It's Dylan that South, uh, Charleston church thing, that was all under that was under Obama, and those things were terrible, but never did they really. Uh, have the weight that they have behind them now uh, as, well, they have extra weight behind them because it's just, it, it doesn't seem to be changing. And of course, you, you have a guy in the, in, the, in the White House who is just like, yeah, why should I, why should I even care about this? because because I can turn this into a divisive issue yeah okay since those were since that, that happened to black people and black people don't vote for me usually even though I say that I do so much for them uh, then let's just have let, let's just have this be a wedge issue so and and if you're for the black people you're for uh socialism anarchy and um and uh, and looting yeah I mean that's yeah someday this someday trump will be out of office uh, you know some you may you may be listening to this and say oh god you know i i just wish he would be president for like the next 20 years and that's fine you're 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 entitled to your own opinion but i the and and of course the conditions that brought trump around too those have to be addressed and that's going to be an even more painful reckoning, I think. But yeah, this, how I see it, and this is what I put in the song, you know, it's like, first you shoot the least among us, and then everybody else is next. And, you know, of course, I, I, I put this, I address Chief Diaz, who was police chief at the time. And in between that, we've had, God, I don't know, four and we just one of the our our police chief just just resigned. So yeah, we've had we've had a lot of we've had a lot of police chiefs. We'd have we've had a lot of mayors. I believe um, what was it two years ago before Jenny Durkin? We had three mayors in a in a year because poor poor Ed Murray um just had a thing for dr- drifters, I guess. Anyhow, um, yeah, or you know. It, improper relations with people um anyhow uh, let me uh, let me just kind of end it here uh yeah uh well i hope john t williams is resting in peace i know he's his brother they did an interview with his brother and you know he's still he's still very affected by this and who wouldn't be uh yeah this guy was just he was uh, apparently heading to Steinbrook Park. I mean, I didn't know the guy, but I'd probably seen him down at Steinbrook Park where the woodcarvers would get together. And because you know I was down at the market a lot, uh, being in Belltown. But yeah, uh, just headed to Steinbrook Park to do some wood carving. And you know, you're that can get you killed. And when that's you know when and and it's just it's just to emphasize this more you know it was he was just a guy doing an ordinary thing and i you know the the this cop just just was like weapons weapons threat threat oh oh you know let's 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 you know shut down this threat immediately and yeah it wasn't like that at all and he died because of it so i'm 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 very, very sorry that this happened, and you know it could have gone so many different ways. It could have, it could have just been, you know, a cop hassling a guy who was crossing the street with a piece of wood. But you know, it's like the, um that one, the footage of the guy who was carrying the golf club a couple of years ago. This was up on Capitol Hill, and yeah, I believe that officer got fired for that, and yeah yeah that that was that was probably the best thing to happen to her um yeah guy was carrying a golf club um and yeah it's it's not even worth explaining it was it's just so blatant and bad you know african-american guy older guy and he's using the, the the golf club kind of as a cane. He's not a bum. He's not. He, he's he's just a guy who's who's. I think he's walking down Broadway and Capitol Hill, and and you know, and then this this cop pulls up and says, "We've had a report of a guy swinging and threatening people with a golf club or something like that." And yeah, it it was just it just devolved from there, and I believe he ended up getting arrested, and he just kept explaining. How, you know, he walks around and carries a golf club because it helps him with his balance or something like that. And yeah, it's been it's been a couple of years since I've seen that just because it's just so unpleasant. And it's just it's like policing at its worst. And yes, I know that police and I even I even have it in this song that policing is not easy, but yeah. Um when you instill in us versus them cowboy mentality about, yeah, you know, the world's full of bad guys. Well, if the world's full of bad guys, then there are the cops and then everybody else who, and almost all of them are bad guys. I felt when I was talking to the cops, this was, you know, a couple of years ago when I was talking to the cops, it was like, I feel like I'm a bad guy just because I'm talking to the cops and they're they're the, their whole attitude is you know us versus them and it's it's cops versus civilians and that's that's when you know that's just bad policing that's yeah and you know like I said there there could be a lot more there could be a lot better community policing here in Belltown but you know that's that's a subject for another time anyhow oh all right um, if you wish to email me uh, you can uh, you can reach me at uh, longboatpodcast, all one word at gmail.com if you would like to stream the collected works of longboat um, you can do that at longboat uh, longboat.bandcamp.com. And and um, yes I will have my uh, the new album that was released this week, uh, basically Blue Volume 1. I'll have that up there um, in, in um, however long it takes to upload. And so I will, uh, and I go into the recording Studio tomorrow, and I can't tell you how happy that, ma- happy that makes me. But um, until next time, as I always say, if you don't like this tune, I have
1: others. Thank you for joining me. Bye-bye.